0: Well, hello, welcome once again to the Bayview Glen Church Worship Service. I know that uh, we've already kind of done a welcome and, and said glad you're here, but I wanted to tell you, I'm glad you're here. Uh, my name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here at Bayview Glen Church, and I kind of lead our church and our staff. And I also preach about 40 Sundays a year. And so uh, I counted a joy, I counted a privilege to to do my job. So thanks for joining us today. I know this is kind of crazy times and we can't gather physically, but we can kind of gather our hearts together. So wherever you're joining us from, kitchen, living room, bedroom, uh, whatever it is, we're just thrilled that you've chosen to join us for worship today. Uh, Before we get into kind of our time of teaching, one of the things that the board has asked me to do a couple times a year is to give a kind of a financial update as to where we are as a church, just to keep you informed. Uh, For those of you who don't know this, our church kind of operates completely on the free will donations of those who kind of call this place home. And so people give sacrificially, generously and kind of contribute to our offering and and, and they they give to kind of help us operate from a ministry perspective and, and all of that stuff. And so, uh, our giving uh, kind of through November last year was at about $750,000. Through November this year, it's at about $591,000. So, that's a dip of about 21%. Now, because of the times that we're in and the craziness and all that stuff, that's not exactly something that we're surprised by. Uh, the second thing is a lot of what we uh, receive in terms of donations and gifts comes at the end of the calendar year. A lot of people kind of do year-end giving. So if that's you and you're considering a, a year-end gift, I would just ask you to include your church uh, in your considerations. Um, you know, there's so many org- organizations out there that are so worthy uh, of, of our time and energy and, and donations. We're going to talk about one of those here in a minute. Uh, but if you're considering a year-end gift, I would encourage you to kind of keep Bayview Glen in mind as you do that. One of the things that your sacrificial uh, generosity allows us to do is to give away our entire Christmas Eve offering. So for the rest of the year, uh, we, we kind of make sure our kind of operation costs are covered so that we can give away our Christmas Eve offering. And this year, your sacrificial generosity has allowed us to double that. We're gonna match that uh, gift as, a, as an organization. So whatever you give up to $50,000 $50, on Christmas Eve, we will match that and distribute it to four organizations in the greater Toronto area who are doing really great work. We've talked about a couple of those already, but our final organization that we've chosen this year is Safe Families. Uh, we've been familiar with Safe Families and kind of worked with them informally for the last number of years essentially what Safe Families is trying to do is replace the foster care system in the greater Toronto area. So they have families that they work with and if children need kind of temporary care or even longer term care before they're kind of reunited with their parents and all of that kind of works out, uh, they have families that care for children and just do a great job at that and support parents who may not be able to do that for any number of reasons uh, just for for a short time. So Safe Families is a radical organization. It's a wonderful organization. We love the work that they're doing. And so we wanted to let you know that because of your generosity throughout the year, we're able to give away our Christmas Eve offering and and we'll be giving uh, a quarter of that to Safe Families this year. Hey, uh, let's pray as we continue our time together in worship and as we hear from God's word. Would you pray with me? God, thanks for today. Thanks for your son. Thanks for your grace. Pray that you would be near to us, that you would walk beside us, Spirit of God, that you would speak to us as we kind of tune our ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, did I tell you guys I've taken up smoking? Did I tell you that, Matt and Becky? That I I started smoking like a pack a day? I don't I don't like it necessarily and it like it stinks it makes me stink amy doesn't like it. it makes my fingers stain my car smells bad stain my coffee cup stain my teeth it's bad for my health i'm not addicted to it and i don't really like it but i've taken up smoking i've been smoking like a pack a day and that's not true is it it's not true it's not true i don't i don't smoke uh, but if i did if i told you that what would you tell me Like, Luke, you don't don't even like it. Like, stop smoking. It's horrible for you. Even people who smoke know that it's bad for you. It's bad for you. It causes heart disease and cancer and all kinds of different stuff. You tell me to stop it immediately. You know, recent studies have shown that uh, prolonged periods of loneliness can impact your physical health even more than smoking a pack a day. Prolonged periods of loneliness can negatively impact your physical health even more than smoking a pack a day. Loneliness can cause high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's disease, even death. And one in five Canadians report that they often feel lonely. That's 8 million people. Only 4.6 million of us smoke, and a lot of them don't smoke a pack a day. And nearly twice that report that they often feel lonely. And this COVID thing, have you heard of the COVID? I don't know if you heard of this pandemic thing going on. The the COVID thing hasn't helped us at all, has it? I mean, the research is very preliminary because we're still in the thick of it, but uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the loneliness pandemic. Listen to this. Drug-related deaths in the greater Toronto area rose almost 40% in the four to six weeks following March 17. It's when COVID kind of blew up on the scene in Canada anyway. And that's just the early data. And look, we're we're told to stay in our homes and to socially isolate, okay, we get that. So we'll use social media to connect with one another. All right, that's a good idea. We'll we'll combat loneliness with social media. But in a recent study, 73% of heavy social media users considered themselves lonely, only 52% of light users. So the very thing that's designed to connect us and combat loneliness is really making it worse. And on top of that, the people who are really vulnerable to this COVID-19 thing, seniors and, and, and others kind of in a vulnerable sector, are also vulnerable to loneliness. I mean, this loneliness thing has gripped us and, and already, and it was getting worse. And then COVID hit, it was like throwing gasoline on a fire. And you know, there's a story in the New Testament about Jesus loving the lonely. Now, when I read the story here in a minute, you might think it's about leprosy. And it is. It's about Jesus healing a leper. But there's much more going on here. And really, underneath the surface, this story is about Jesus loving the lonely. So, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, open it up to Matthew chapter 8. You can use your device. The scripture, as always, is up here on the screen. But Matthew chapter 8, let's read together. uh, Verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them." Real quickly, just so we can eliminate the distraction, and then we're going to talk about the text. Uh, why does Jesus say, don't tell anybody? Well, it's because Jesus is currently ministering in a city, and he wants to stay there. And it makes it very, very difficult when great crowds and paparazzi are following him. And at this point, in his kind of ministry career or whatever, he's like Jesus Bieber. Lots of people following him. He says to the leper, don't tell anybody, because it's going to make the crowds worse. The leper does tell somebody, tells a lot of people, actually makes the crowds far worse, drives Jesus into the countryside. But that's why Jesus is saying, don't tell anybody. Now, let's talk about the text. You're thinking, okay, Jesus heals a leper. Got it. How is this about loneliness? Check this out. Imagine, if you will, I wake up one morning and there's a little sore on my hand. This little sore. Just what is that? That's that's weird. Where'd that come from? And I kind of ignore it. You know, it just typically is going to solve itself and just go away. And it doesn't. Day one, day two, day three seems to be getting a little bit worse. Finally, Amy says, hey, you need to go to the doctor about this thing. Go see somebody. And I go to the doctor. And the the doctor says, let me run a couple of tests. And and they run a couple of tests. And the doc says, hey, uh, you have a disease called leprosy. It's a skin disease. You're going to get sores all over your body. You're going to lose feeling and kind of your fingers and toes, and it's going to get worse over time, and it's highly contagious. So here's the deal. When you leave this office, you may not go home. You may not go back to the property that you own. You may not go back to your kids. You may not touch your wife or anything else. You leave the city. You may no longer live here in the greater Toronto area. You must live alone for the rest of your life or as long as you're afflicted with this skin disease. That was the reality of leprosy in the New Testament. Uh, Leviticus 13 through 16 talks about it, and it's a way to kind of protect people from contracting leprosy, and, and so they because uh, it was a highly contagious disease. But listen, the religious leaders had taken that so incredibly far. It was far more than just you know the the, the restrictions so that other people didn't get leprosy. They were untouchable. They were considered outcasts. Uh, they, they wouldn't be even looked in the eye every time they came into. To a crowd of people or somebody came near, they would have to announce, unclean, 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 and people would run away from them. I mean, this man is not just dealing with leprosy. He is dealing with an incredible amount of loneliness. I know that for two reasons. One is because he would have been an outcast living outside the city, never touching anybody. The second reason I know that is because of how Jesus healed him. Check it. When Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, he just said, hey, come out. Dude comes out. When he heals a blind guy, he puts mud on his eyes, right? He, He could just say, be healed, but he doesn't do that. What does Matthew tell us? It says that he reached out, touched him. Mark, Mark actually tells us that Jesus reached out and took hold of him. He embraced him. It may have even been years since this man had touched another human being because of his affliction. He would have been dealing with an incredible amount of loneliness. So Jesus doesn't just deal with the leprosy, but he's dealing with the loneliness too, the disconnection from people. That's why he embraces this man and says, be clean. Now, because of the way that Jesus addresses loneliness— because of the way he addresses this leper, because of the way he interacts with him, Jesus is teaching us a little bit about loneliness. And he's teaching us a little bit about how to deal with those who are experiencing loneliness in our own lives. So check this out. The very first thing I would tell you is that loneliness often lurks underneath surface wounds. Loneliness often lurks underneath surface wounds. For this man, you could see the leprosy, but underneath what you can't see is his loneliness. And Jesus is addressing both, remember. It's lurking underneath a surface wound. Now it's no different in our society, in our culture. I was doing some research on loneliness this week And I found that the people who are most susceptible to loneliness are people like seniors, those with mental illness, those who have been divorced or widowed, those who are socially challenged or kind of socially awkward. And some of those kind of afflictions or difficult circumstances are circumstantial. Some of them are diagnoses, different things. And most of them you can kind of see or know on the surface. But underneath that, as a result of that affliction and those circumstances, people are experiencing a deep, deep amount of loneliness. This is what's happening with the leper, and this is what's happening in our culture too. Loneliness is lurking beneath surface wounds. File that away in a minute because we're going to apply this text. Second, loneliness isn't God's design. Loneliness is not God's design. This is is not how God intended it. You're going, Luke, how do you know that from Matthew's text? Well, I know it more from Mark's text because Mark and Luke also tell this same story. And Mark tells us that when the leper approaches Jesus and says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean, uh, Mark tells us that Jesus was, check this, indignant, cheesed, ticked, mad. Now, If you know anything about Jesus, even if you're brand new to Jesus, like, so a leper asks for healing and Jesus gets mad at the leper? That doesn't sound right. It's not. It's not right. Jesus is almost certainly not angry at the leper. If my memory serves me correctly, Jesus never gets angry at a request, especially a request for healing, especially a request for healing when this guy kneels before him and says, I know you can do it, but are you willing? Well, 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 that's the key there, right? Listen, Jesus, are you willing to heal me? Why would the leper ask that? Why would the leper say, if you're willing? Well, it's because every other religious leader, priest, Levite, rabbi, whatever that he'd come across, even those in society and culture, won't even look him in the eye. He was an outcast, literally untouchable. People won't even look me in the eye, acknowledge my existence. They run away when I come near. Nobody wants to be around me. Why would Jesus consider healing me? Jesus is angry at this systematic exclusion. He's not angry at the Levitical law that uh, is prescription for restoration to the community. He's angry at the way that society had taken it so incredibly far and excluded lepers and caused this loneliness. So here we go. Loneliness lurks underneath surface wounds. Number two. Loneliness is not God's design. Number three, loneliness shows no partiality. Loneliness shows no partiality, whether you're rich or poor, male, female, that no matter who you are, where you come from, your background, your culture, your heritage, your language, everybody is susceptible to experiencing a great deal of loneliness. This was the same uh, uh, regarding leprosy in biblical times. It showed no partiality. It could hit anyone. We don't know uh, about this man. We don't know if he had a family, a job, a business. We don't know much about him or really anything about him. But what we do know is that back then, leprosy could hit anyone. It's the same as loneliness now. It can hit anyone. If you're rich, famous, good-looking, talented, can't buy your way out of it. You can't fame your way out of it. You can't skill and talent your way out of it. Loneliness shows no partiality. Just by way of example, uh, let's let's talk about Bieber again, shall we? I'm a believer. I love that guy. I think he's talented. He's grown a lot, but I like his music a lot. Seems like a good dude. Just released a single this year. It's not something to listen to with your 12-year-old because it's got a little bit of language in it. But the song is about loneliness, and it's about his kind of experience uh, in in, in growing in fame and wealth and all that stuff. Here's the chorus. He said, what if you had it all but nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me. What if you had it all and nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me because I've had everything but no one's listening, and that's just expletive lonely. I'm so lonely, lonely. I'm so lonely, and you can even hear his emotion in these words, and this is the Beebs. Beebs. rich and famous, talented, young, good-looking, all that stuff, still experiencing crippling loneliness because it shows no partiality. So what's that mean for us? What's that mean for us? Uh, The first group I want to address is those who are experiencing loneliness. Those who are experiencing loneliness. And then I want to address those of us uh, who who know people who are experiencing loneliness and what we can kind of do about it. Uh, What is the something that we can do to combat the loneliness epidemic in our culture? So first, to the lonely, God is with you. Even this time of year, we say this word Emmanuel, and it simply means God with us. He is with you. You are not alone. Friends, I experience a fairly good deal of loneliness myself. Sometimes I don't feel like people always understand or get it. I feel isolated sometimes. I know. So I'm preaching to myself here. But please remember, God is with you. He says it over and over and over again, and he said it as loudly as he possibly could 2,000 years ago when he sent his son into the world, and his name was Emmanuel, God with you. He's with you. Now, to those of you who are caring for the lonely, To those who want to care for the lonely, to those who want to do something about the loneliness that you see and sometimes that you don't see in the world around us, just four things, four things that you can do even this season to combat loneliness in the world. First, you got to see it. You got to see it. Loneliness is tough to spot. I mean, we said it a minute ago, right? Like loneliness lurks underneath surface wounds. You can see a lot of times what people are dealing with on the outside, but the things that they're dealing with internally, it's difficult to see. This is how Jesus is leading us here. He's not just addressing this man's leprosy, but he reaches out and touches him and takes hold of him. He sees his loneliness and addresses it. You got to see it. Look for it actively, actively look for it. It's not going to just show itself to you. If somebody in your life is dealing with loneliness, it's likely invisible. You got to see it. Second, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. If somebody in your life seems to be dealing with loneliness and you see that they're dealing with loneliness, if you see it, acknowledge it. I understand that you're lonely. It seems that you feel isolated. Do you always feel heard? Do you feel known? I'm sorry to hear that. I want to understand that. I I just want to acknowledge that you feel that way. Acknowledge it. Third, and I just said it, you got to try to understand it. Try to understand it. I find that in our culture, when someone says they're grieving, we draw near to them. When someone says they're lonely, a lot of times we run away from them and they feel increasingly isolated. I don't know why is there there's shame attached to saying I feel lonely or something. And so uh, not only are they misunderstood or don't feel understood in other aspects of their life. People who are dealing with loneliness don't always feel understood in that particular aspect of their life. And I know it's tempting to kind of guard your heart from that loneliness, but you got to let your heart break. You got to let your heart break with those who are experiencing loneliness. Work, try, seek to understand it. Fourth, and this is, again, just taking a cue from Jesus who reaches out and embraces this man. You got to reach out, too. So you got to see it, acknowledge it, understand it, and then reach out. Reach out. Now, you're thinking, okay, Luke, two meters apart, ten people in indoor gatherings. We can't reach out and touch anybody right now. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, reach out with a phone call, reach out with a card, Uh, reach out with a text message, reach out. Somebody has got to know that you are with them. You can be the hands and feet, the listening ears of Jesus in their life. They need to know that God is with them, like I said a minute ago, and you can be that, the very presence of Jesus to somebody, but you gotta reach out. I would just encourage you, I would just encourage you, pick up your phone right now. Pick up your phone right now. Send a text message to somebody, tell them that they are loved, seen, and heard, and cared for. Tell them you were thinking about them today. Tell them you were praying for them today. You can do something. About that loneliness. I want to say one more thing. Kind of has something to do with my sermon. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do at all, but uh, do with it at all. But I, I just felt compelled to say this uh, today. I was listening to a sermon that a friend of mine gave actually this Christmas season over at Sanctus Church. If you know Sanctus Church, is great church. Love Sanctus Church. Doing a lot of great work. And John Thompson, their lead pastor, was uh, given a sermon. Uh, that I was listening to yesterday, and he made this comment. He says, remember that Jesus was born in the dark. (laughs) The greatest promise of God came to be in the middle of uncertain, difficult times. Jesus was born in the dark. Friends, for so many of you even that are listening to this sermon you may be experiencing a great deal of loneliness right now as well, and that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has not made it any better. I would just encourage you, even this Christmas season, to remember the promises of God, the greatest promise of God, was born in the midst of difficult and uncertain times too. My prayer for you, even this Christmas season, is that you would know God's great love for you in the middle of a difficult and uncertain time. Let's work together to do something about the loneliness epidemic in our culture. Let's pray. God, thank you for your presence with us today. Thank you for your presence with us every day. Thank you that we were reminded even today that you are with us. And 2,000 years ago, you sent your son to be with us. God, motivate us, exhort us, give us clarity even how we might reach out and see and understand and acknowledge those in our life that are feeling lonely. We're grateful for your grace today, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.